Welcome to Clean Break, the weekly divorce podcast. We share the stories and experiences of divorce professionals. Find all the answers about the many complex questions about divorce and separation at divorcenet.ca. Quarantina, how, uh, what do we have lined up for today's show? Good morning, Darren. Thank you so much. Um, yes, today we have Kathy Shepard from Shepherd and Associates located in Kempville. Um, Kathy is a accounting and tax preparing firm. And so welcome to uh, Clean Break, Kathy. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So tell us a little bit about your business. Oh, wait. Can I just stop before I, I ask this? I just wanted to say that Kathy has recently been awarded a yeah. uh, Lifetime Achievement Award uh, by uh, on International Women's Day. So congratulations, oh, Kathy. Thank you so, so much. Yeah, yeah, that was quite a surprise and very, uh, very, a very big honor. Yeah, it was yeah. very exciting. I got to say, before you get going, I know we're not even going to let her have a chance to talk because I'm telling you, Kathy, I got to tell you how much I admire you. Yeah, um, you are an inspiration yeah. of business owners in the community. Uh, you're an inspiration to, uh, uh, you know, just, just women in general mm -hmm. around the community. Uh, I think you're amazing, and I'm so happy that you're on the show today. i got to oh. tell you that. i got to get that Thank out of the you. way. Right? Thank yeah. you. I'm just saying, I'm stunned now. I can hardly talk. Which is still something, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I talk as much as you do. Yeah. So, uh, so tell us about, your, about yourself um, and about your business. So Shepherd & Associates is a, a company that I started 34 years ago. Um Dad at the time said to me, you know, that is a male-dominated field. And I said, yeah, so, yeah, so, you know, like, okay, let's do it. What's your point? So, yeah, what's your point? <laughs> so I did it. And uh, along the way, uh, I did realize that women were maybe not getting this fair shake that they should otherwise. And uh, so I tried to, you know, make sure that um, I helped women get a fair deal in everything, which includes divorce. Um, and... So, you know, I, I looked at those women and decided, what do I need to do to help them? And pretty much it's the same thing in everything else as knowledge is power. So, you know, to inform them uh, of their rights and, and help them be sure in their position on, on where they stood and the rights that they were entitled to, uh, not only in divorce but in business everywhere, was mm -hmm. one of the things I really wanted to strive to achieve. Mm -hmm. And you've been in the community for a long time, like you said. Oh, I grew 30. up here. Yeah, and I, yeah. I think I was talking to your spouse the other day, and and he had mentioned that he he's seen pictures of you when you were six years old with uh, with your family in the fields where there's all like developed land now, right? Yeah, yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, I've been here forever, so I'm like a piece of the woodwork. <laughs> so your your company does what? We do accounting and taxes, corporate and personal, financial statements. We we help with budgeting and all money matters. Um, we help manage from the accounting side of those businesses and try to work with the, the businesses as part of their team, like form a, a critical member in the role uh, mm -hmm. of their business, albeit external. Mm -hmm. And you have a, how many people are on your team, by the way? There's 13 of us. Isn't that amazing? That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, 13. It, it was really, it's very exciting um, because, I mean, uh, for one, I was a one man show, one woman show for so very long. <clears throat> excuse me, that I, I was turning away business. And I decided, well, you know, that's kind of counterintuitive of being in business. So that's when I started to hire some people to, to help 
with all that workload. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's one of the pitfalls. I know the other night uh, uh, you and I were talking and you're stating about, you know, sometimes the challenge with a one man operation is, is that when that one man is not in the picture or one person is not in the picture anymore, um, uh, that develops uh, a problem for the people mm-hmm. who are who are using that service. Mm-hmm. Cause now poof, it's gone. And who do you turn to? You know, that exactly. person mm-hmm. is gone. So in an operation like yours where, you know, you have a team, you know, people can be reassured that if if you're not in the picture for a period of time because you're taking time for yourself, whatever, that company, that entity is still going to be there to help them. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. And the girls in, in the office um, all have training. And honestly, even down to the to the bookkeepers, if I weren't there, they can give pretty good service. They may not have the expert tax advice, but a lot of your issues can be dealt with by somebody Mm-hmm. when I'm not there. Mm-hmm. Right. I like to think that I'm the kingpin, but really it can run without me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is exactly what you want to strive exactly. to do when you're in business that's for yourself, the, yeah. right? ultimate goal, for sure. It's to be able to walk away from that business and have it operate without you. Yeah. And mm-hmm. sure, you can have a day off and have fun when right. you know somebody else is there to pick up the slack. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. That's a really important uh, issue right? for every business. So you must have seen your business evolve over the years, other than the expansion and growth of, of staff, but... Uh, yes. And that's, that's always a challenge because what happens is as you grow, the, the extraneous stuff starts to come in so that you've got different uh, types of work, different, different areas of expertise. And of course, when you're young, you try to know it all and do it all. But uh, I found out that was not a really good way of processing things that you needed to pick a, a an area that you were very comfortable in and stay on that area Mm -hmm. you know so it got to the point when people were asking me you know can you do my florida state tax return well i have the ability and the knowledge but no thanks i don't want to do that (laughs) so you know you 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 pick what you know and do it well you have to or else you just do a whole lot of things mediocre Right. right yeah now one of the things i wanted to touch on is that uh um you've had your own experience with separation and divorce oh yeah i'm Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we got that down pat. Don't worry, we can bleep out anything if you have to. <laughs> <laughs> no, my uh, my lawyer, who had been, he's a family law lawyer, and that's all he's done. He had twenty five years experience. He had twenty five years experience, and we're, we're like three quarters of the way through the whole process, and he says to me, Kathy, your divorce is the worst one I have ever been through in my entire career. And I'm thinking, this is a feather in my hat that I don't need. I could have lived without it. But yeah, um, I've got experience. Right, right. So so on that thread, I just want to ask one quick question before we get off. It's probably going to be the same I was going to ask. Is if you could go back and tell tell yourself, give yourself some advice, right, Mm. before you went through the divorce. And I mean, this isn't to necessarily deal with uh, accounting. I just, I guess what I want to do is I want to, get have people get to know you a little bit and Mm -hmm. so what would you go back in time if you could tell yourself something a couple things what would you tell yourself back before you went through the process with regards to the divorce yeah yeah yeah. uh it's probably the thing the thing i would tell them is the thing that i did myself you need to be prepared so i mean it's not like all of a sudden today you decide you're going to leave you know the Mm -hmm. the 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 leaving process starts quite far in advance mm-hmm. months in advance you know you're not happy right. and then you start to think well should I exit or I'm going to exit what's the exit strategy mm-hmm. so I hate to tell everybody to premeditate their divorce but seriously uh don't walk around with your hands over your eyes mm-hmm. pick a date and and do it and be prepared financially emotionally 
and physically, physically meaning the where's your documents. The one thing I see people do all the time is they get smack dab into a big divorce. They don't have last year's tax returns. Mm -hmm. Every week there's somebody comes to the office. Can I have a copy of my tax return for the lawyer? Mm -hmm. You know, fine, we've got them on record, but you need to draw a line in the sand. The date of separation is critical, very, very critical, the date. Um, pensions continue to go on after property equity continues to increase. There's a whole lot of things that w that will um, grow after the date you leave, and if you don't designate the date you leave, you can lose on those timelines. So preparation is probably the thing I would tell people uh, the absolute most. I mean, you've already had the both of you are in the financial field, so you know that those documents are critical. But it's funny how many other people don't even know where their bank statements are. They don't know how to get a copy of their bank statements. Some people don't even really know how to get a copy of their tax return. Mm -hmm. They don't know the, where the ownerships to the vehicles are, where's the ownership to the house, where's the ownership to all of the things that you own. So, you know, find where your papers are, get your paperwork in good order, and, and that makes the exit a whole lot easier. I just wanted to go back to that se a separation date. Like... You're, you're in advance preparing and you're, are you saying set a separation date that in your own mind you say that, you know, April 1st is the date? Or is that something that you have to physically um, set with your partner? Like, because you're saying uh, after, after, you know, after that date, you know, your pension still accrues, like, yeah. you know, everything still values. Mm -hmm. But if that date is just an arbitrary date you've picked in your mind, like, how do you actually do that then? Well, um... In my personal experience, even though I had done all the thinking ahead of time, the day I actually moved out of the house, meaning the last day I slept in the house, was the day I chose as the termination date. Okay, yeah. but not a lot of people, I shouldn't say that, but my experience is that a lot of spouses stay mm -hmm. in, yeah. their, well, then, in their matrimonial homes. They do because of economics, but, but in theory, you're going to have to mutually agree to the day. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and that's a negotiated factor that you could do either one-on-one -on -one or with the help of your lawyer, but it's critical. Yeah, one of the things I've seen in the past from my dealings, again, I'm not a lawyer, but I've talked, like, from my experience is that it's, it's essentially the, the separation date is the date in your mind that you have communicated to your partner, okay. you're no longer in this relationship. Right. I'm out. And whether or not they agree with you or not and say, you know, uh, I still want to keep working on it, that's fine, but I'm saying to you, I'm out. Mm -hmm. That's the date. You literally put a big circle on the calendar and say, this is the date I separated from my spouse, regardless of what they want to do. You're not kidding because you are in such emotional turmoil, you will not know you what day it. you walked out. No. Put it on the fridge. And I'm, and I'm <laughs> that one I'm telling you from personal experience. I really? had to backtrack in my mind to the, okay, it was the, it was the Sunday that I did this. And I had to backdate to find the date on the calendar that was the date I left. Mm -hmm. yep. Because everything that happens after that is what is your separation date? Yep. Everything is as of that date. Yep. And is the sole purpose of that is because of what happens after that separation? Well, it's date? the line in the sand. It's the, it's the, it's, it's the emotional and the financial termination of the joint ownership okay. and you're now saying everything that acquires or becomes I increasing after so let's use my own experience my ex had had a user card on my visa mm. so i had to say everything you bought as of in my case it was march 21st 
Everything that you bought after March 21st is on your own account. It doesn't matter that it's on my credit card. Mm -hmm. You spent the money, you owe it, not me. Right. So if I hadn't said that March 21st was the cutoff date, I could have still been responsible for everything that he was buying after that Because time. it's your card. He yes. was just a, 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 a user. approved user. Yeah. yeah. So um, <laughs> one of the questions you gave us to ask you was, how do I prepare? And you've alluded to it. So. Yeah, basically it's, it's the preparation. In my mind, well, there's the emotional side, but we've got experts on the team that'll handle the emotional side. For me, it's it's documentation because when you go to that lawyer, I'll tell you the paperwork they want is going to be two and a half feet tall mm-hmm. and you have to have it. And one of the serious, serious consequences of that is the people that um, need to build rebuild that pile of paper are in such emotional turmoil, they do not often have the wherewithal to go and relocate it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know... I say this all the time in the accounting field, your paperwork should be in order all the time because you need that that documentation all the time. But it's critical content at that data separation. So the paperwork needs to be ahead. So if you are premeditating... It, it seems very. It seems very it, meditated. Yeah, eh? it, it seems just, intense, but yeah. it's. It, I, I totally get where you're where you're coming from, Kathy. Like from a financial. I don't think background. any separation is a surprise. Okay, mine, no. mine was a meltdown and progression of time, and then I'll leave that to the psych that's on the team because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a whole lot of stuff that happens before the actual financial end of it. In my case, I saw it going downhill, and I made a mental decision that if it went downhill to such a point, this is the termination. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, you, you, you negotiate, you talk with each other. Uh, in my case, my spouse was not willing to give in any factor and I couldn't take it anymore. So I knew that by such and such a date, if we weren't starting to negotiate, if it didn't become a two-way street, I had to leave. Mm-hmm. So I knew it. I, I guess what it boils down to is I had a plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a plan Great. and most people don't. Yeah. So I, I had <clears throat> moved my documents to a safe location. I had uh, put my uh, taxes and things in a place where I knew I could get them. And I didn't have to be malicious if I, if on, March 21st, he agreed to to negotiate either either by counseling or by mediator or in whatever fashion. I didn't have to implement all that plan. Right. I just had it there if I needed it. So there's always there seems to be that there's one person planning it. And I, and I don't I don't say that it comes as a surprise to either party. Sometimes it does. Well, it, it can be. It can yeah. be. But um, how? From the perspective of the blindsided person, what's your advice to them? From an accounting purpose, I guess, or from, you know, the, the preparation. The that came as a surprise to Yeah, you, like, right? you know. Um, well, I had my best friend have that that happen. Okay. 32-year marriage, and, yeah, he, and he sat down at supper one night and said, I've been having an affair, it's over. Right. And she's sitting there. She, first, she couldn't believe what he said, and secondly, after 32 years, seriously. Mm-hmm. So, um, she... She was very wise in this, and she wasn't talking to me about it at that time. So she said, okay, you've had time to think about this. I want the same length of time that you've had. If you've been, if you've been having thoughts for a year, I am saying I am not doing anything for the year. And probably, you know what, I had nothing to do with that, but that was really good advice. That's because excellent. she didn't have time to think or focus. First, <clears throat> she had to handle all the emotional stuff, and then she had to handle all the rest of it. Right. And... Uh, he, because of their financial position, that was able to happen. 
Some people can't because next month's rent is questionable. Like, how are you going to pay the rent, let alone right. whatever? Yeah. But um, giving yourself a bit of time to to deal with it is probably the most critical. Mm-hmm. And and during that time, get your paperwork together. Yeah. You know, put put the documents where you can find them. Mm-hmm. I think that's that that's an amazing statement mm-hmm. there. That she had the clarity of mind to say. Mm-hmm. You've had this much time. I need this much time before I make any decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think I think one of the problems I see for many clients is they feel rushed. Mm-hmm. Like they're in a corner. They're scared. They're not. They don't know what to expect. So they think they have to deal with things immediately. Yeah. You know, and that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Right. Very reactive. They're very yeah. They're very reactive and mm-hmm. protective of themselves, mm-hmm. which they should be. Um, but I think many times what, what I try to communicate with clients is just to say, take a breath, mm-hmm. right? Calm your, try to get yourself into a calm state, yeah, right? And right. talk to people who can give you the right advice yeah. because clarity is, is, the, is, is mm-hmm. awesome, right? Mm-hmm. So and that's great. why, you know, just to bring it around to DivorceNet itself, this is why this is such a great organization mm-hmm. to help people because we are all professionals in our fields, right? Exactly. And, and not that we're not emotionally, we can be emotional with, you know, emotionally attached to these situations ourselves, but we're professionals and we are detached, exactly. right? So it can give, you know, very good sound advice on all aspects. and it, It's fear-driven. Very yeah, much. You have to put the fear in. Mm. And people are so emotional that even when I'm talking about a plan or giving them strategy on how to handle it. Yeah. They are so overcome by what they perceive as something that was unfair or manipulative by their ex that they they cannot see what you're talking about. So the time right. is critical. You need time to deal with the emotional stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. So what are some other things that people can do um, when they've had that separation? I know you've discussed it before in in other situations and and, uh, meetings, just about, you know, informing Revenue Canada. uh, Like, what are those sort of things that you can do? Well, informing Revenue Canada right away is critical, especially if you have children. Yeah, sorry, just when you, sorry, you always say such great things, but I'm like, I want to ask the next question because I don't want to forget it. When you have children... If, say, your separation took place today, does it change what you get from Revenue Canada right away? Or does this not take effect until the following year? Now, there's a there's a stat I can't remember. No, it happens right away. Okay. But what happens is they will, they take your notice of separate. Actually, it's any time your marital status changes. It's not just in divorce. So if you move in and you become common law, you should advise them of that date. Okay. If you separate or whether you are legally married or not, you still need to inform them of that date because Revenue Canada calculates all of those credits based on the family unit. Mm -hmm. As soon as the family unit changes, so does the net income of the family unit. So leaving that relationship changes the financial side of that. So there's a a time... There's credits and stuff, right? Like There's so many credits and, and, and... And that's the one thing. They want you to advise them that you've separated... But I, I think they've got this right, is that they won't change the amount that you receive for three months because people would reconcile mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they have done the calculation, changed all the banking, all the stuff mm. to the new numbers. Mm. And then within less than three months, people were reconciling, getting it back together. And then Revenue Canada was uh, maybe not notified. So now you're getting this giant sum of money because you're a single parent and 
now they want it back. Right. Oh, okay. right, right. So there, and it's not just the child tax benefit. It's also the, um, HST. Sure. Okay. HST credits for families. Yeah. Man, that stuff just causes so much problem. I've had clients owe seven to $10,000 because they failed to notify Revenue Canada of the change in their family status. Right. And I think that's, yeah. And I think that's, that's a huge point to make, right? I mean, from uh, your, your perspective as a, as a, as a, uh, in the accounting world, that's a huge uh, uh, statement to make to people Mm -hmm. that they need to talk to somebody that can help them with that oh, question, yeah, with, those, sure. with those problems. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I think people could hear Revenue Canada and go, eek! Well, yeah. they don't have to. All they got to do is sign a paper that gives me permission, right. and I can be, I virtually become their power of attorney with Revenue Canada. Right. means I can negotiate the credits and, the and you mm-hmm. know, find out the history. I can I can become them with Revenue Canada. So it's very easy to, to step away and allow me to be the intermediary. Right. I love that statement that you made there, Kathy, because you've, you've harped on that many times, that people that kind of stick their head in the sand oh, and yeah. kind of ignore It's so easy to do. Yeah, you just don't want to deal with it. You get stressed. I know I've heard, I've seen oh. so many posts from you saying, yeah. you know, how people get stressed and then they ignore the situation, which just compounds it, makes it worse. That's right. So I'm sure, tell me, tell me some of that. Like, do you get a lot of that in your practice? You see a lot of people trying to ignore the problem? Oh, yeah, for sure. A lot of people, well, especially after a separation, you're an emotional wreck at that point mm-hmm. anyways. So mm-hmm. dealing with Revenue Canada would just... You know, sometimes people after a separation, it's hard to make toast. Mm-hmm. Like they are in mental shutdown. So if if the word of Revenue Canada comes up, the only way they can handle it is by ignoring it. Mm-hmm. So just give that job to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, give Revenue Canada to your accountant um, so that they can go and, and find out what the issues are. And what I find is people manifest a, a situation that doesn't even really exist. Right. They have in their head, well, I owed, I'm going to owe so much tax. Well, how do you got that figured? Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. So I, I, the last time that happened, the person told me they were sure they were going to owe seven to $10,000 and they got a refund of 5000 no. So I said, you know, if you had have come to me in the very beginning, we could have planned this strategy. Right. Instead of jump, you're not trained in any part of accounting. You've taken all the fodder out there in cyber world and decided you were screwed. So, <laughs> but you're not. You're screwed because you left the 5000 on the table that could have got you out of this disaster in the first place. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so re- like, Revenue Canada is not in the business to help you save money. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Go yeah. and get it. I'm a, I'm a tenacious person. If you, they owe me 20 bucks, I want it now. But, yeah, with interest. <laughs> it's not, you know, leaving money with Revenue Canada is not a good investment strategy. Mm. Yeah, so no. No, but, it's not a good investment no, strategy. No. Not at all. And neither is your head in the sand. Yeah. So, you know, what I would say is, sure, money is definitely an issue, but most every professional will work with you to develop a strategy to repay them. You know, nobody wants to see anybody else hurt. And I mean, let's face it, we're in business to make money. Mm-hmm. But if you promise me to pay back, you know, you're going to pay me over time. I don't, all I really want is, um, what will I say? A secure customer that's going to be a repetitive customer of mine. And when I help them, they're going to tell everybody else I help them. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's about a relationship, not, not about the bill at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Floating all the boats around you helps helps you, right. you know. <clears throat> so, the team strategy is the way to go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, definitely. You know, working together. You know, you know who they need to see next. They know. Do, do people come to you first? What What is the, you, you hear different things? People say. I wish people account. would come to me first, okay. but they don't. Okay. I mean, definitely somebody like Darren, their financial advisor, is a good person to work with. Yeah. 
And if they've been a customer of mine for a long time, I'll know what's going on behind the scene. I know whether the business failure is what's causing the breakdown. You know, I'm going to know how bad things are. And probably in some of those circumstances, it's going to be a very painful event because if it's been uh, precipitated by by a bad finances, I'm going to suggest a bankruptcy person, you know, a trustee to help them. De- so that so that's why I say it's a team sport. I wish they'd come to me first mm-hmm. because we could avoid a lot of pain and mishap. But typically, they only come to me at the end of the year when they've got to file taxes and mm-hmm. they're embarrassed. And and that's another thing I try to get out on social media. You know, I started one of my presentations uh, last fall. I said, "There's not a mistake that you haven't made." that I haven't done in a colossal factor. Right. You know, don't worry. If you're going to do it good, I just do it big. So, you know, I've done it all. So, you know, I know how to get into finance trouble and how to get back out. I've suffered a divorce that was tremendously painful and how to get back out. And although I know everybody's not me, I feel if I can do it, you can too. And I can certainly show you some of the strategies to get out of that pitfall. So, yeah, no, everybody's made mistakes. I think one of the things I like as well about your personality, Kathy, is you're not the type of person to sit back and let people do it for you. You get in there, you get your hands dirty, you get things done. And and I think when someone comes to see you uh, as a client and, and, they and you know, like maybe you don't know the background, you're not afraid to get in there mm-hmm. and, and get caught up to speed as mm-hmm. quickly as possible. Yeah. So I And I think as business professionals, that's what you need. Uh, if oh, you're going to have critical. someone on your team... They got to be somebody that's willing to get in there and get the job done. Yeah, you know? no, you got to you yeah. got to dig. You got to be. Um, but one of the things about that, Darren and I, and I'm gonna sure, both of you do. When people come to us, I mean, you're a financial person, so you are too, and me in a different fashion. But we're all in money. People come to us, and they're probably the reason they don't come right away is they're embarrassed. Absolutely. And they're waiting that you're going to throw a dagger at them and call them stupid. Mm -hmm. We don't do that. Mm -hmm. I try to get that across on social media, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's finally making in-grounds, but that's one thing that people have a hard time getting over is that I've been an idiot and you're going to tell me, but... Yeah. Most professionals won't do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. they think they think you're going to wag your, your finger at yeah. them or something or lecture them. And, exactly, and, mm-hmm. and it's not the case. And, and and I've heard you say this comment before too: is that you that sometimes you have clients that come to see you, and the reason they didn't come sooner was they feel shame. Yes, right. Oh yeah, about, for sure. Because they're handing you five years of taxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then even from the divorce uh, perspective too, because right. I've had right. people talk to me about it, and they feel like. That, that the marriage breakdown was their fault. Mm-hmm. They're, well, they're, embarrassed. They're embarrassed you feel like you're a failure. Right. I, I did. And right. I gave it my all out. I stayed in that relationship for two years trying to make it work. Right. Because I didn't want it to fail. Right. My previous right. husband had died. And I mean, that's a different way of separation, causing a whole different realm of uh, emotions. But when you are leaving a marriage, um, I felt like I had failed. And... I needed to come to terms with that. So, so you know, it's not a, not necessarily a failure. If you've given it your best for quite a while trying to put it back on track, you know, it's just then that the two personality types don't work together. You just, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily a failure. I think you just need to get over that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you got to get through the other side. I think yeah. that's a big thing Yeah. Um, with any divorce is, is, is um, and especially when you see, uh, I, I love the fact that we have, 
professionals like lawyers and mediators in the group. Mm -hmm. I do. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's, you got to be strategic about when you go to see them. Mm -hmm. Right. So the, the, the more prepared you can be, like you just said, uh, that when you get in front of them, you know exactly what you're asking for. You're clear in mind of what you need to do uh, gives you it, it shortens the, the time period for you to get through the whole process. Oh, yeah. Because you see these processes where divorces take three years and you're like, oh, mine took six. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. That's that. You know, and to me, it's like you don't really Re reboot your life until no. it's really behind you. And, and until you have totally that document right. and you're like, okay, mm -hmm. this is done. I put it like I put a, a nail in it and yeah. it's the coffin's behind me. I'm going forward, right? Mm -hmm. But until that last nail is in the coffin and you're like, it's behind me, you're not moving on. You're no. dragging it around with you every day thinking, you know. There's milestones. There's different milestones, getting your own place, getting your own bank account, getting your own car. Like each of those is a step forward, but you're right. Until the, the termination paper is issued, there's mentally, it's difficult to get past that date. You alluded to the tax or alluded to like tax credits and stuff with CRA. Are there tax implications in general when, when you separate or divorce? Yes, there's lots of those. Okay. Um, Every time, um, every time a title changes on a on a cottage, a property, a house, a car, whatever. Every time there's a title change, that really denotes a sale. And although there's lots of provisions in the tax act to to maybe postpone the capital gain or the cost of those uh, sales, they do take place and they need to be properly documented. And if they're not documented and and handled correctly, it can cause you know it just pushes the problem down. The road to be more complicated and more expensive later on. What if one spouse deals with it on their taxes? So they've sought you out, they're using you as a as their professional, but the other person doesn't. Can the other person's negligence, for lack of a better word, affect your claim? Oh, for sure. It can. Eh? Oh, oh, yeah. And that, How do you and that, that kind of segues into something else I was going to mention sure. today okay. in that I see spouses where the responsibilities in the relationship are divvied up. You know, I'll, you do this and I'll do that. Yeah. And that, for the most part, works well. But one of the critical mistakes in relationships is allowing one partner to be uh, in control of all the finance. I don't mean control. It's their job. Right. That they do the banking, they do the investments, that they do the credit card payments and everything else. And the other spouse just going on living over here, assuming all of that is great and fine and dandy. Yeah. And I had a client come in and uh, his, him and his wife had separated. The client was the male in the in that relationship. And uh, he come to me and he said, I can't believe it. I trusted her with everything. And he yeah. said she had never filed the tax returns in over three years. Wow. And to top it off, she had shredded up all the documents on the way out. So he couldn't even rebuild his tax return. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Now, I was able to get it all together from different sources. And he allowed me to be his representative with Revenue Canada. And that all turned out okay in his favor. But he had entrusted his wife to the bank account, the filing of the tax returns, the credit of the family, and he just went on making the money. Because in his mind, I make the money, you take care of it. Right. right. So early in the relationship, that may have worked, but, and uh, no fault to my client. I, I, do, I don't want to say anything negative about him because he's a really great guy. But don't ever do that. Mm -hmm. Never, ever, right. ever let anybody else file your tax return. And if they're going to file your tax return... See it. Get a copy of it. Get a copy of it. Yeah, yeah. At yeah. least see what you're signing. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and and make sure that if you're 
you know, if you think that you've got $150,000 in an RRSP, sign on once a year and make sure there really is $150,000 in the RSP. I've mm-hmm. seen that happen. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's, that's I, crazy. I, that's it's, crazy. Imbe- it's unbelievable. <laughs> I had a client last year, uh, and they were still together, and uh, he comes in, he's rip-roaring, snorting mad at me because he has to pay income tax. And he sat down and basically started to rake me over the coals. And I said to him, you were the one that took the $64,000 out of the RSP, not me. And his wife said, you did what? Yeah, yeah. So So the guy was incredibly stupid. Like, if you're going to take $64,000 out of a joint RSP, maybe you shouldn't bring your wife to the tax appointment. It's like, oh, mistake number two, yeah, right? Like you're, you're just plain stupid. How's that pool you put in with the $64,000, yeah. by the way? It was the motorcycle and the hottie he had on the side. So, you know, it's oh like, God. God. honest to God. But be informed about your finances. Yeah. Don't leave it up to somebody else. It's okay yeah. for them to handle it all. But... But protect your interest by looking in once or twice a year. You know what, though? I think that that is very um, problematic throughout society. Like, you probably see it all the time. I see it all the time. People coming into my office, one spouse mm-hmm. is the one who knows where all the paperwork is, who knows all the numbers. The other spouse just sits there and, and nods their head, you yeah. know? And 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 I have to admit, I it is like that in my family, in my relationship. I have tried to get my husband to... Pay attention, look at it, and God bless him. He just trusts me explicitly, but and and he should. But <laughs> of course he should. But but I, but we but love you, Brent. <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen to this. No, no, I have literally shoved papers under his nose and said, "Please look at this." Yeah. And his response is, "Where do I sign? Where do I sign? Yeah. Do we do we make money? Yeah. Do I make money? Yeah. When can I retire?" And I'm like, "But you need to know this stuff and try as I will." he just doesn't it's it's just greek to him and he's okay with that but i've been in situations where he he actually had a colleague who uh his wife worked for a bank and um she was had a spending problem and kept refinancing their house and every time he she would just shove papers underneath his nose and he'd sign it and then when they were having some marital problems he discovered their house was financed to the tilt so after that like every time i do anything i'm like okay under his nose, look at this, please, t- like, look, read what I'm doing. He knows yeah. that I would, I'm obsessed with not having debt, so he's not worried about that. Mm-hmm. But still, you're very right, and how do you pound that home to people? You know, there's another thing, too, that, that kind of ra- kind of raises my the, the hair on my back, is that, um, uh, especially in your field, uh, like, I'm not a plumber. And I tell this to people all the time. I'm not a plumber and I'm not an electrician. Mm -hmm. So I've been through those days in my life where I tried to fix things that I'm not a specialist at and had the pool of water in my kitchen and have my (laughs) wife say, why didn't you just pay somebody to do it? Right. So as, as I'm a man, so (laughs) we try to fix things on our own. And then, and then we realize through hard knocks that we Mm. should hire people to do things that we're not good at. And, and you don't understand how many times I, I get people coming in, they show me tax returns that were done with TurboTax or SuperTax or this quick <laughs> fill in the blank kind of thing, you know? Okay. And I always tell people, number one, you get what you pay for, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And there's probably, a, and I say this, there's probably a dozen things in that application that you don't know about right. that you probably didn't fill out, which is probably costing you 
I don't know how much, hundreds of dollars at least, I would oh, say, yeah. Yeah. you know, so I, I'm always, the first thing I always do is refer people to people like yourself, Kathy, as yeah. I say, go to see a professional, they're worth their weight in and, gold, and gold yeah. from, 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 because even if they save you, uh, two, three, four, five hundred $500 more than what it would have cost you to buy that program for fifty nine ninety nine, and they save you $559 and the other program saved you a hundred, you just made $400 on the yeah. deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so why wouldn't you spend it in the right place to take the pressure off yourself from trying to know everything? You exactly. Know? And, and it, that brings up something that I had a client come in a year or so ago and, uh, it was tax time and he, and he wanted to know our rate and I told him and he basically said to me, well, why am I paying you that kind of money to stick a number in a slot on a tax return? And of course I went ballistic and I said, <laughs> no. to, and I know it's kind of a surprise. And I said to him, and I just stood up, reached back behind me and pulled out the three-inch tax act. And I said, because you're not paying me to stick numbers in the forms, you're paying me to understand the logic behind yeah. why the numbers go in those spots. Right. I said, right. do you right. want to read this tax act? And he said, no, you got it. It's okay. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, the, the software, you know, if all you had was one T4 and you're 18 years old, that's probably a really good process for a kid <laughs> yeah. that has nothing yeah. else but the T4. Yeah. Right. When you have someone who has a complicated issue, doing it yourself is very detrimental. Right. Are, are separated um, uh, uh, income tax returns more complex? Oh, very. <clears throat> very complex, especially if there's children involved. Um, there's one thing that needs to be negotiated to great lengths because whoever is the primary caregiver could have a better deal on their tax return. They get an extra deduction for, uh, it's the equivalent to spouse deduction, which is, uh, you know, almost $12,000 right now. And, mm -hmm. and especially if the child is handicapped, there's another 8,000. So it's critical that people, they're, they're fighting over who gets to have the children live with them. But but they're also fighting over who gets to have the tax deduction because now, it's substantial. Now, this now this is a question that comes up quite a bit. Um, uh, spousal support is deductible by who? Spousal support is income to the person receiving it and a deduction to the person paying it. Awesome. Child support doesn't touch the tax return at all. Right, exactly. Well, it's in there on a form, but yeah, it's but not the, part of the calculation. The, the, the payer is yes. basically... Getting is, the is, deduction. Right, yeah, they're paying the taxes on it more or less, right? Yes. And then the, the person who's, who's who's getting that benefit gets it tax-free more or less kind of thing. Because for the child tax. That's right, yes, yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. I mean, technically, and, and this is the way I explain it to my clients, and I'm not a tax professional, but what I usually say is, is that, you know, if... if one of the spouses has the kids and they're getting the, the child support. Technically, that that would have been that payment would have been made anyways by the supporting spouse. Mm -hmm. Like if you had the kids together in a, in a cohesive family, you would have been paying for that. Those children yep. to, to live the life they right. have. Yeah, so right. you can't deduct it from yours right. and pass it to someone else. Right. right? Exactly. So, yeah. Anyways, that was, sorry. That was one but, of two cents. But spousal support is tax deductible. In the by payers, the pair. and yeah. the tax, and they have, and whoever's getting it has to pay. Well, taxes yeah, on but it. just if, if you need to keep that straight in your thought, just yes. think it's the same as a T four. Yeah, the person receiving the money, it's on your T four. It's income to you. Yeah. The person paying the money gets the expense. So again, do you see it where people don't claim that, or don't know to to be able to claim it as a, as as a... it happens once in a while, but usually the lawyer's pretty profound in in their detail and explaining okay. it to them. Okay, but there's dirty stuff happen there. Like if there's no real money changes hands and Fro gets into it, the financial responsibility office for Ontario gets involved in it. Then uh, you can accumulate credits over there where you're not getting paid, and then eventually when and here's here's one that really does happen. 
So one spouse owes the other spouse like $35,000 in arrears for spousal support. The joint family property is sold and the money goes through the lawyer. Then the money goes to Fro to pay out the arrears. So the person receiving it gets the money thinking it's house money. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's arrears in support. It's taxable income in the recipient's hand. Mm -hmm. And the guy paying it or the girl paying it is going to, you know, they get the tax deduction. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that happen. Oh, yeah, that's oh, a colossal mess with Revenue no Canada, too. Kidding. Because the, the You think it's house, this proceeds you of think your it's house money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. So that's a good, uh, that's a segue wow. into another question. So what about um, uh, tax deductibility on things like legal fees? Can you oh, do yeah, that? Can you do fees. that? Uh, the legal fees for your support payments, your uh, legal fees to get a change in child support or change in spousal support, the legal fees for that process is a deduction. On both mm -hmm. sides? No, that, no. I it's, it's the, the recipient. It's the person getting the money. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah. The, the person getting the money. Yeah. Uh, the person paying the money doesn't necessarily get a deduction, mm -hmm. and there's no deduction at all for capital assets, so like splitting up the family assets or mm -hmm. estate planning. So, so no deduction for that. So I want to kind of circle back a bit. You talked about capital gains and stuff when you're changing title on uh, property, cottage properties, vehicles. So, uh, you know, people sell their home, their joint matrimonial home in, in as a divorce. There's no capital gains on that. No, not on the primary residence. Not on the primary. So we own a cottage. Uh, I'm going to take the personal, I'm going to take the primary residence. The spouse is going to take the cottage. W where's that? What tax implications are those? Well, those are the ones that you have to be really strategic in because, because, Obviously, there's going to be a capital gain in there, or most cottages do, or investment properties. The reason for behind, behind them is to have an increase. So that has to be very careful. Um, I can't remember the form number, but in certain situations when you transfer from spouses, the um, property can go tax-exempt for the interim, which means it still is a separation of property. It's, it's designated as a sale, but there's paperwork you can do to transfer the capital gain down the road to when the single recipient, meaning the sole owner of that property, sells it in the future. So all you do is timeline it down. It, it, the capital gain is still there. Mm -hmm. You're just postponing it until the disposition happens outside the family unit. Right. Oh, highly complicated to me. Yeah, I yeah, mean, it it, there's certainly things that make sense, but it, this is the value of using someone. Oh, yeah. Like no, a you professional in account. If you try, well, what happens is people will say, I've got no money. I'm going to do the tax return this year myself. And they may well do that. Yeah. But what happens is they do what they know, which is their T4, their medical deductions and donations, and they ignore the rest. Right. 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 And not necessarily the best strategy. It's going to catch you sooner or later. Do you see a, a big discrepancy between women and men when when there's a separation like that? Like, like, do you see from a tax perspective? Um, is there is is like from a fi maybe not from financial, but uh, like, is there is there one of the two spouses that's typically worse off? Twenty years ago, I would have said yes. Okay. Today, not as bad. Okay. There. Because, you know, we if we would stop gender painting everybody, mm -hmm. men suffer emotionally just as bad as women do. Mm -hmm. right. And in my case, I was the person that earned a much greater salary and was much better informed, obviously. Mm 
Mm-hmm. But I also have a pretty high moral and ethics, and I just couldn't do it if I wouldn't. My theory is, if I don't want it done to me, I shouldn't be doing it to somebody else. Great. Yeah. And if it, and uh, that's the one thing that I dealt with every night when I laid down in bed. I was feeling good about myself that I had never abused him in any fashion. Does that happen to everybody? No. But I was the bigger bread earner, and uh, I, I played fair. But today, there's still some. What happens is, and and I say women because they're the ones that we see. Men, men are men hide their emotions. So mm-hmm. if they're a wreck after a, a, a matrimonial breakdown, um, they hide it mm-hmm. right. because they're supposed to be the tough guy. Yeah. But you know, forget about that crap. They're hurting just as bad. Well, it is crap. Yeah. You know? yeah. no, they're hurt, they're hurting it just as bad. They're raised by the women who are supposed to be all softy. So the guys are, you know, they they're feeling the same thing. They just hide it. Right. And right. Um, it's sad, but divorce becomes a team sport. Right. He'll, he'll have his team. She'll have her team. Mm-hmm. Typically, whoever's making the most money can have the better better stacked team. And, uh, you know, it breaks down. It's not as bad, Darren. The, the, the disparity between the spouses isn't as bad. Right. I'm only asking you because you see a lot of tax returns. Yeah. Like, I mean, I see, I personally, as a financial planner, I see a lot of a bank, I, I see a lot of investment accounts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, But that doesn't, always tell me, I don't always get the insight on what the tax dollars are. Because that's the one thing I, I, I really do like about accounting. Like, I'm not an accountant, but I, one thing I like about accounting is it's black and white. Oh, yeah, no. Like, there's no lying in the yeah. numbers, right? <clears throat> so uh, I don't get to see that. And and that kind of pops up every now and then. I always think to myself, because I see one of the two spouses after the divorce, as far as they're planning their, their future, their retirement and debt elimination and all that other stuff. And I'll be looking at it thinking to myself, uh, and I, and, and you always get that their side, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So they got the raw end of the deal right. always. Right. Yeah. Or if you're dealing with another spouse, they're always paying too much. Right. You know, I, I'm not getting enough or I'm paying too much. It's there's, there's very seldom I've ever seen a middle ground where somebody says, you know, I probably could have paid more. <laughs> you know? I actually am dealing with a client right now who's, they, you know, so far their, their separation is going swimmingly well. Right. And, um, she, you know, there's, she, he could come after her for spousal and he's not, yeah. he could come after her for her pension and He's not. Right. And, um, you know, she's feeling very com- comfortable with the amount of child support she's going to have to pay. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he's being pretty pretty fair about it. So, uh, you know, it does happen. Yeah. I, I, seen, I see a greater disparity on who's informed. Right. Um, the, right, right. The more, the more yeah. informed and the more prepared spouse is very likely to end up marginally better. Not. Right. But people come to me and they're always worried about, well, he's got this and she's got that. And I don't want her to do that. And she's got this. And mm-hmm. The thing is, what you just said about the numbers are black and white is a mathematical calculation based on a financial tax returns for the last three years. It doesn't matter what they say to their lawyer. And I personally, again, I've been not only have I gone through my own divorce in court, I've been called to court as a witness. Okay. And I'm here to tell you the judge knows more than anybody on the darn planet because he can see through the crap because he's seen thousands of people lie to him. He knows what's real. So even though one of the spouses feels that they're being mistreated or they're getting the wrong end of the deal, it is a numeric equation and the judge knows the answers and where the numbers come from. Mm -hmm. And unless somebody is bald-faced lying and really hiding assets somewhere that nobody can see it, the equation is fair. Mm -hmm. 
I think we're trying to, uh, you, you raised a good point. I'm, I think we're trying to level the playing field mm -hmm. about divorce stacking net. the team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, I think that's one of the benefits of DivorceNet. And uh, mm -hmm. do you wish DivorceNet had been around when you were going through divorce, by the way? Yeah, it probably would have been good. I mean, I'm probably one of the most prepared persons to go into a divorce. <laughs> yeah. But I think uh, the probably I would have been benefiting from the support, emotional support, in knowing that what I was doing was, in fact, the way it should right. be done. It, right. would right. been, it would have been confirmation, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. One thing, Darren, you always say is um, it's, 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 DivorceNet is about rebuilding your network. That yeah. often at the end of a, uh, during a divorce, right, one spouse has all the contacts for finances, house, cars, blah, 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 blah. Oh, that's blah, for sure. Right? And so DivorceNet is a little bit like leveling the playing field and, 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 having helping you rebuild your network mm -hmm. if you're going through it if you're not the person who's taking all those contacts that's yeah. right yeah so so i yeah. guess we'll should we think, should we wrap it up there yeah i think we yeah. could probably keep talking i'm sure there's so yeah, much more information we that's in your brain <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's hard not to bring all your personal emotion baggage into this kind of stuff because there was a lot of times where uh there was trickery and nonsense go on and mm -hmm. again because i was just smarter and more informed, then it was easy to handle those things. And that's the tools you're talking about giving all our clients here. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's being prepared. Yeah. So why don't you tell people how to get a hold of you? Um, they can come into our office. We're at 2868 County Road 43 here in Kempfel. Mm -hmm. uh, we have internet connection, obviously. All the social media is there. We get messages and emails. So you're on Facebook? Facebook. Twitter, LinkedIn. LinkedIn, all that stuff. And <laughs> and are looking for Shepherds and Associates. Shepherd and Associates Limited, Kathy Shepherd, and our phone number is 258-4949. And anybody there can help you. So Kathy, we really want to have you back again. And uh, I don't know whether we want to talk about more of your divorce process. <laughs> you know, I wanna, a couple of the ladies actually in your office said to me uh, when I was going in there one day and they about we were going to do a podcast and they said, oh, you guys should have us on because we've both been through divorces. And I thought that was a really great thing because how could divorce net have helped them go through that, oh, yeah. that divorce? And so um, we really want to have you sure. back again. Perfect. So. That'd be great. Great. Thanks, Kathy. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks very Kathy. much. Appreciate Enjoyed it. it. You've been listening to Clean Break, our weekly podcast on divorce. You can find this and other great advice from divorce professionals at divorcenet.ca, where we upload audio, video, and blog content every week.